we're recording. Here we go. Hello. Welcome to the inaugural, inaug- the first episode of Go and Get Your Girl. I am Emma. And I'm Katie. And we are here to talk about and bond over probably our favorite kind of movies, um, romantic comedies. Well, at least it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Romantic yes. romantic comedies and horror movies. Two absolutely fantastic genres. Uh, <laughs> that, are, that are more similar than you would think. They really are. And um, honestly, just bring me so much joy um, telling people that those are my two favorites. Because they always look at you a little funny, right? They're always like, oh, okay. Because they think they, ha- yeah. they think you ha- they have you figured out oh. at first. And then like you hit them with the second clause of that sentence. Usually when people see me, they go, oh, yeah, totally. Romantic comedies? Yeah. Totally get that. And then I, I talk, say, horror movies. And they go, I'm sorry, what? Who? Based on just me. Um, the other day I was telling my dad a breakdown to um, oh, House on Sorority Row that I watched over the weekend. And he was like, why? Why all the horror movies, Emma? Yeah. Why all the horror movies? Yeah, my mom is. Uh, my mom also hates it. Um, I had I made her watch The Descent uh, when I was in like high school, I think. Oh God. Um, and she like is still traumatized. She, goes, she calls it that horrible cave movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. No, it's so good. It's such it's a wonderful <laughs> cave movie. It's not. It's terrifying. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's scary. Yeah, it's horrible for for those women involved. But you yeah. know, yeah, not, yeah, not for us from a distance. <laughs> goodness anyways shall we get into the bulk and meat of it of our very first movie to talk about yes yes we decided Uh, (laughs) to start at the top um the best rom-com of all time and every other episode will be downhill from here (laughs) i mean that's debatable after rewatching this this particular movie i was just like i enjoyed it the first time around i still really like it oh you got takes we're going to have, have takes. takes. Okay. I have some hot takes. All I right. don't know if it is my favorite rom-com. Wow. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is our first episode. So we haven't really established like a structure yet or anything. Um, I think that um, we're going to, one of us is going to briefly summarize the plot and we're not going to go through the movie beat by beat or anything. Like you should watch it yourself um, yeah. and, or, or don't, or let us explain it to you. Um, if you, if you don't want to do that and, um, but you should, it, but yeah. you should watch it. Yeah. Um, and then we're just kind of like going to talk about like our thoughts and feelings and stuff and not necessarily, um, break it down, but we will spoil it. We're going to, spo- we're going to spoil every movie that we will be watch on here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like with rom-com spoilers aren't that big of a deal. It's just like, yeah, there's not a lot know. of big twists in rom-coms. No. I mean, there's a few. We'll probably yeah. have a few. Like, I mean, I, I personally don't, I don't like a rom-com, like, when they don't get together at the end. Like, that's not a rom-com to me. I don't think that would be classified as a rom-com. That would yeah, just be a yeah. com. Yeah. Just... A con-com. <laughs> yeah, it's a con-com. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of coms. I like, I like all kinds of com- coms. I love a platonic comedy also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I don't friends. like? just friends. Yeah, just friends sucks. Movie blows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh mm, mm. Wait, with the one with Ryan Reynolds in the fat suit and Amy I Smart? Mean, Have you watched it recently, terrible. Emma? It is, yes, I made my husband watch it uh, at Christmas because it is a Christmas film. It is a but, Christmas um, film, yeah. So, yes, terribly dated. So many of the jokes do not 
do not hold up. However, I will say I'm giving that movie like one extra little like half a star because uh-huh. Anna Ferris's comedy yes. work in that movie. Anna Ferris is absolutely Chef's steals kiss. the show. She's um, doing a great job. Okay, okay. So why don't we do like a little background on romantic comedy yeah. as a genre? As a okay. as a genre. As, as Alex Trebek would say, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, like, like, are we going back to like the very, very like his? Do you ha- know the history? Because I, I only know like bullet points. Yeah, I mean, if we if this was like a research podcast, we could we, we could have <laughs> Not- like if we had prepared for this in any way whatsoever. Hey, um, I want I know. read the Wikipedia for this movie. <laughs> Good, it's more than I did. Um, <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, like, we could have had, like, here's a history of the romantic comedy. Maybe we should save that for a later episode then when we can give, yeah. it, some, give it some, we'll give it some research. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love doing research. I can do that. I, we oh, can, we can, we can have an episode about the history of the romantic comedy. Cause yeah. like the, there's the screwballs, which yes. I will definitely do episodes on some screwballs. I want to do oh, an episode yeah. on, um, bringing up baby. One of my favorite movies. Um, oh, you know, not it happened it, one night. It happened one night too. Yeah. Classic. Both of those. Um, so the original rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely say it happened one night is probably the, like, the yeah, as the screwball became the romantic comedy at some point. But, like, when Harry Met Sally is a big touchstone because this is Oh, yeah, and the movie that the... we're talking about is When Harry Met Sally. Oh, did we not say it? <laughs> we didn't say it. We were just saying the movie we're talking about. Well, the movie sorry. The, the people listening to this will have seen episode one, When Harry Met Sally, on their little, on their phone. So they would, Spoiler. they'll know. Yeah. Um, when Harry Met Sally like definitely started the 90s boom of rom-coms like this was a big oh, hit movie yeah. and it definitely like all of the the Nora Ephron stuff all of that happened mm-hmm. because of this movie um yeah. I was trying to think of like what are some other like rom-coms from the 80s before this like because Pretty Woman is the year after oh Splash oh. yeah good point Splash yeah Pretty Woman right. was after this Pretty Woman's 90 uh, I mean yeah would you would you call a movie about a tween teen who gets turned into an adult and falls in love with an adult rom-com because if so then big yeah 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 um it's it's not weird no it, it is very weird actually there's so many questions at the end of that movie like he's like he he told he tells his boss that like like he does does his boss like fill out a missing persons report for him the next day? Right, like, like what, what, what does Robert Loja think? What does Robert Loja think happened in that movie? I'm so <laughs> glad I pulled that name. Like I was thinking about it the whole time. Um, very impressed. And like he tells his parents that he was kidnapped, and like right? he's just gonna go home, and they're not gonna like they're not. What what's the, what are the police gonna do? The 80s apparently was a different time yeah. for kids. Yeah. Like it's, it's a wild at, movie on all fronts. As long as no one, yeah, no one got a ransom. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So that is not the movie we're talking about. Nope. We are not talking about the movie nope. Big. We nope. are in fact talking about Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron's uh, When Harry Met Sally from 1989. Yeah. Um. When Harry Met Sally. I didn't know this uh, from my research that I did on oh, wikipedia.com. Hell yeah. Uh, that <laughs> I even, I have some notes. This movie, it was partially inspired by Rob Reiner's divorce to the Penny Marshall. Oh my God. I forgot that they were married. Mm-hmm. They were wow. married. and Penny Marshall, was, director uh, of yeah. Big. <laughs> was she really? Yeah. 
it all comes full circle. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, and then um, some other little fun little facts and tidbits. So, what do you about- mean? So, like, he was he w- he he added stuff to this to the script. Like, it was just like. like- there was a conversation. So basically at the, um, because the movie's written by Nor Ephron and directed yeah. by Rob, Rob uh, Reiner. Yeah. Well, him and Nor Ephron and then this other guy, I can't remember went out for lunch to talk about like, to like pitch movie ideas to each other. Oh, okay. And, um, that would be a fun lunch. Yeah. Right. It was at, Oh, <laughs> it was at the Russian tea room in New York city. Of course it was. Of course oh, of it was course one of the, was. one of the only uh, locations in New York that they didn't shoot in, uh, in this movie, honestly, like very true, which is very surprising. Cause I feel like they would, uh, have some sort of nostalgia for where they sort of coined the idea for this yeah. movie. I mean, Harry and Sally aren't really Russian tea room kind of people. You no, know? no, no. Um, but yeah, so they were like having a lunch and then, um, Rob Reiner was like miserable after his divorce to Petty Marshall. And he was just like, well, what about a movie where, you know, two people, they, they become friends, but then, and they say they should never have sex together because it'll ruin the friendship, but then they do have sex together. <laughs> Is that what happened with Rob Reiner and Petty Marshall? Like they were friends and then they're. That did not end no, well for them. No, yeah. no, because I think the divorce of Harry is and like how Harry was after his divorce in the oh, movie. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inspired because so Harry and Sally. Harry, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really like it's like Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron, right? Because I know yeah, Nora exactly. Ephron is yeah. is uh, there's a lot of her in Sally too. Oh, yeah. that's really that's that's cute. Yeah, because I think yeah. one of the reasons that this movie works so well is that is that blend of the two of them because. As we'll get into in this podcast later, and probably controversially, I'm not a huge Nora Ephron fan. Like, I think I a lot that. of her... What? I always forget that. Like, I think a lot of her later films have a lot of problems. And I think one of the things about her that people forget is that she's kind of mean. Like, Nora Ephron is very cynical and very cold. And a lot of, like, especially the movies that she directs. Because this, this is the last movie that she writes that she doesn't direct, I think. She pretty much Probably. can do what that she wants right after this. Line, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, Sleepless in Seattle is later. You've Got Mail is later. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely horrible movie called Lucky Numbers is later. We'll, we're, we will not Wait. be doing Lucky Numbers. On this <laughs> is show. that the one with Anna Ferris? I no, don't think she's in no, that. That's, no. that's What's Your Number. And that's, that's where oh, Anna that's, Fer- yeah. that's What's Your Number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Lucky yeah, Numbers definitely. is John Travolta. It's not a rom-com. It's uh, John Travolta and... Phoebe from friend Lisa Kudrow. It's awful. Um, There's this like New York elitism streak in her writing, um, especially later on in the nineties. And I think that Rob Reiner, who's like a big softie, um, it has like tempers the cynicism in this movie, especially knowing that they kind of like broke the plot together. um, That I think makes this work better than some of her later movies. And I know (laughs) And I know that that's me saying that, you know, this man <laughs> helped this woman make this movie better. But mm. that's that's not the point, I promise. Mm. I mean, I think that's my biggest takeaway from the from the movie, my biggest hang up with When Harry Met Sally is that, and you don't really get it from your first watch, but then from my second watch and then from reading a lot about it, it was just like, wow, we're really up Harry's ass. Everything's yeah. Harry, 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 Harry. What about yeah. Sally? Like there yeah. was. It's uh, very much Harry yeah. Harry's movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. which is. Yeah. And I don't. Oh. I don't really like that because he's an ass. 
Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, um, there are some, um, okay, let's do the plot first. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, before we get into tell, it. Yeah. Do you want to do the plot or should I? Um, uh, mm, uh, you can do it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the plot of When Harry Met Sally is Harry and Sally are uh, friends-in-law. Um, it's Harry's <laughs> girlfriend, um, whatever her name was. And her, she's friends with Sally and Harry and Sally are both moving to New York from Chicago. Um, which is where we're, where we are right now. Yep. And, um, they drive together, they carpool from Chicago to New York as they're both moving to New York right after college. So they are supposed to be, well, Sally's 21 and I think Harry's supposed to be maybe 21 or 22. They're supposed to be the same age and Billy yeah. Crystal is... 13 14 years older than Meg Ryan in in reality so you know they did a lot with the hair and costuming in this movie yes oh my god so much we have so much to talk about yeah. with hair yeah. and costumes oh um, and I will say on the topic of them going from Chicago to New York um don't know if you caught it but uh for those non-Chicagoans the University of Chicago which is where they attend college is yeah. on the south side of downtown yes. Yes. it is south of downtown which yeah is on the drive to New York City. Um, and there is a shot. I just, I hate it when there's like things that are, that aren't real in real life, like shots that aren't real. When they're like, we're in Chicago, but it's obviously Toronto. Um, oh, yeah. But they have a shot of Lakeshore Drive, which is the highway that goes around, along Lake Michigan. And it is the car going south on Lakeshore Drive towards downtown. But right. they left from the University of Chicago. So yeah. lies. So they went back they went back up to the north side of Chicago and turned around and then went back. Yeah. Or they're big fat liars. Yeah. Yeah. Um any yeah, any movie set in Chicago anyways. will nitpick like this. I, I love it. I, I I become Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, holding the beer and pointing at the screen. Anytime a movie is set or shot in Chicago, it's like, I know that place. Right, I become my grandmother. Wrong. Yeah. Um, I get excited when I see Chicago. Uh, not the point. So yes, they drive to New York together and have like a long conversation. Like the whole like first mm -hmm. 10 minutes of this movie is just the two of them like talking alone in a car and in a cafe on the drive to New York. And the thing that they, the, the one thing that comes up is aside from him being an asshole. Yeah. Um, and her being, and her being kind of, and her being kind she's, of naive. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of the worst. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. No, no. I, I think they do a good job. Like both of them have, mm -hmm. have, um, you know, little, little quirks that little aren't little everyone's quirks. cup of tea for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, about whether men and women can be friends. Like that's the central conceit of this movie, which is kind of the lie is put to it at the end. But the, the point of that is, you know, can we be friends? And Harry says that men and women can't be friends because there's always the undercurrent of sex involved. And Sally doesn't think that's true. And they decide that they won't be friends and they kind of don't like each other. And they split at once they yep. get to Chicago and they're like, never to be seen again. And then over the course of the next 12 years, they meet again and then meet again. And <laughs> then they become friends. Because yes. they both are in relationships yeah. the first time they meet. And the next time they meet, they've both broken up of those relationships. So really, the movie, most of it takes place 10 years after the first scene 
in that space a year and a half after both of their relationships end, where Harry is married and gets divorced and Meg Ryan and her boyfriend break up because he doesn't want to marry her. And one thing that I noticed specifically this time, and we'll get to this at the end, is that I think more of this relationship is based on their breakup with their mutual partners than anything else. Oh, totally. There's like no building of their relationship with the exception of their each other's like shoulder to cry on. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot to their, to their, their friendship relationship because that's like the whole second act of the movie, but, but we'll get there. So like they become friends. They, they try to, you know, they have this platonic relationship. They try to set each other uh, up um, with their other friends Um and that doesn't work. And then it's a rom-com. At the end, they they get together. So the whole kind of conceit, like, can men and women be friends? It's like, well, When Harry Met Sally isn't about that. It's about it's not about a man and woman being friends. It's about a man and woman yeah. falling in love and telling themselves that they can be friends. So it's, it's weird because as you first watch it, you're like, well, of course men and women can be friends. But this movie is not about that. Um, no. Which is which is interesting, but I I still love it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, honestly. Like, I mean, the, it's it's a solid rom com. Like the, the, the dialogue, sure. the um, like I think that the emotion plays really well at the end. Mm-hmm. I cry every time at the oh. at the end. Um, but that's basically the plot. Um, and it's a very low concept rom com. One of the lowest concept rom coms. It is literally it's just these two people. Basically, yeah. every scene has both of them in it. There's honestly, there's very few scenes even without both, like if, where it's Harry and his friend or her and Carrie Fisher. Yeah, it's really almost everything is it's very tight. It's very the two of them. Every scene is about the two of them, which is which is good, um, especially well, because yeah. there's so little going on. Like we don't even like spend any time with their jobs. Like Harry is a political consultant. We never yeah, see him thing. do any work. I don't see either. well. You see Sally briefly. She typey types. Journalism. Yeah. She's job? a journalism job, and she she writes for New York Magazine. But what does she write about? No one knows. Mm. Um, it's not important, really. Um, which is something that you know a lot of rom coms make a lot to do with the 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 jobs that someone has. We were talking yeah. about it the other day. It's like she works for a magazine, and uh, he's an architect. Those are the those yeah. are the um the, the most common uh rom-com jobs yeah or a bakery yeah 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 um yeah so what else happens emma yeah um uh they well the first couple times that they meet they do not like each other and it's not until the third time power of three that they meet and they're both like oh yeah hi how's it going and then they become friends um i i love the relationship between Carrie Fisher and Billy Crystal's friend. I think that that's really, really cute and mm-hmm. how the, they go on a double date and um, Billy Crystal's like, wait for Sally to order. She orders just amazingly. Yeah. Because she's a nightmare to go to a restaurant with. And this um, is something specifically from Nora Ephron. Like Nora Ephron does this apparently. Really? Or, does or she, she did. Like she, she, she passed away a while ago, but yeah. Um, she orders dressing, she has salad dressing on the side. She orders the sandwich with this on the side. All of she wants this, but she doesn't want it like this. She wants it like that, which is uh, is really irritating to be with somebody like yeah, that. My mom is like that at restaurants. Um, 
and she loves to send things back too. It's uh, it, it could be it could be hard to deal with, but Harry loves yeah. it about her, so you know, good for him. Yeah, yeah, couldn't be me. <laughs> it was I mean, sadly, in many ways, I'm I'm very I'm very much like Sally. Um, you know, I'm definitely more of a more of a Sally than a. Than I a would Harry. say you are more of a Sally than a Harry. Yeah. I don't know where I am. I think that I would cast myself as New York City, the third <laughs> character. Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there are some great locations where in Central Park. I think that is that's Tavern on the Green where she's having uh, lunch yeah. with her. Oh, girlfriend. yeah. They're at the <laughs> yes. Met. You know, one of the best scenes is in the Met, like for the rest of the day, we will be Oh, talking. yeah. Um, there, uh, I wrote them all down. I've got so many notes. I've got so many notes for them, that, which makes them almost like not worth taking. Because um, <laughs> I've got like six I... pages. Yeah. Oh, see, I only have like like three or four. I I do have a, quite a few notes. Um, I will say I had this really romanticized idea of my husband and I watching when Harry met Sally on on like a chilly Sunday night, wearing sweaters, sipping a nice glass of red wine. Yeah. Um, I wore a sweater. I I drank the red wine. Sure. <laughs> um. So as these notes go on um the writing gets a little bit messier and then towards the end i'm just sort of like making god i'm making a lot of really interesting um comments all right let's hear let's hear a a no context uh emma note and and just just a random random sentence from your notes a random sentence um when kennedy was shot is to boomers is what nine eleven is to us. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They're 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 playing um, uh, Pictionary or something, and uh, Harry's dating a younger woman apparently, and she, he goes, "I asked her when Kennedy was shot," and she goes, "Ted Kennedy was shot." Which, <laughs> and I, I mean, mean, I guess that joke yeah. played in nineteen eighty nine, but you know, it, yeah, it it's very right much like head. it'd be like dating somebody who doesn't remember nine yeah. eleven at this point, or so, wasn't or the even record, born. Yeah, for the record, Emma and I both remember 9-11. I remember it very well. I yeah. mean, not like, in, I didn't mean to say that while I was smiling, but like, I... I... <laughs> what a Tuesday it was. Yes, you know? oh boy. Boy, oh boy. I remember um, it well. Jesus. What's... <laughs> I remember that day quite well. Um, okay, so uh, no con- no context yes. note from uh, from mine is, should I cut my hair like Sally? Oh, I saw your tweet. No. No, I'm doing it. it my, I got an appointment really? on Thursday. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm, Katie. Everybody else encouraged me. Why not? You don't think it'll look good? I think it's going to look like a mullet, which is what it was. It's not a mullet. Did you see the picture? It's like a mullet. It's, 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 it's a little... It's basically my hair with a little bit more texture and straight across bangs instead of I was going to say it's straight straight across bangs. Oh my god. Why are you bursting my bubble like this right now? It's 9 (laughs) p.m. Because I know I know what straight across bangs do to like hair textures like ours and it is not a pretty sight. It is not a pretty sight. Unless your name is Natasha Leone and then it is a beautiful sight and you rock it and you run it. I mean you better start like teasing it or um Otherwise, I don't know. You're gonna have to wear a lot of hats. Oh wow! Okay, all right. Well, you <laughs> heard it really here dark. first. That got really dark. No, it's good. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, or maybe I'm lashing out because I'm super jealous. Okay. Of of the hair. And, and I want the haircut. I want. Okay. The haircut. 
Um, yeah, she let's 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 talk for a little bit about the fashion in this movie. Oh my gosh, I I called this when Harry met Sally notes or a story in diners and sweaters. Absolutely, there's some great sweaters. Um, okay, so, so first of all, sweaters. do you think that Billy Crystal is attractive in this movie? I'm gonna say eighty five percent of the time, no. The other times, like when he's sitting in that sweater. In the sweater. It's a good sweater. It's he's a good sweater. He's, he's hot in that sweater. I mean, but then there's like other times when he's just, when I'm just like, oh my God, Billy Crystal, just shut up. Yeah. And it just annoys me. I'm not attracted anymore. I th- Yeah. No, I mean, agreed. I, I think that Billy Crystal is attractive in this movie as a whole, not necessarily just physically. I think he's funny. You know, he can yeah. be charming in this movie. Oh, yeah. Har- Harry. Totally. Burns, Harry Burns. Something like that. Sally Albright and Harry Burns, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are moments where I think that he's sexy. <laughs> yes, exactly. There are definitely moments. Like at the end, whenever he's just like, I love when your nose crinkles yeah. when you're upset. Yeah. And yeah. I love that it takes you an hour to order a sandwich. That's the only two things I remember. But yeah. I mean, like in that moment, I'm just like, yeah. And like when he dips her at the wedding, when they're like friends. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And never again in his life. No. Um, at no. no other point in any other film no. has he no. ever hit that high bar. But yeah, that white, like, cable knit sweater, like, it's, like, oversized. Yes. I like, love the fact that you know exactly which one I'm of talking about. Of course I know exactly. Everybody, everybody who's seen this movie knows exactly what you're talking about. I know. It's just such um, a great sweater. But, like, yeah. hats. So many hats. She's got so many hats. Like, so many I hats. wish I looked good in hats. I don't look good in I hats. I wish that hats were, like, more of a thing. Or, like, maybe it's just me. Maybe I just don't have the courage to wear hats. Because, like, sometimes I'll wear hats and I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm wearing a hat. And I just, I feel ridiculous. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, like, it draws the eye, for sure. But she's yeah. got, like, the the blazer, like, yes. skirt hat combo mm. thing going on. She, oh, she's got those yeah. leather gloves on when they're walking in Central oh, Park. And she's got so the blazer. Good. And the hat and leather gloves yep. for no reason. Amazing. Fashion icon. My Fashion favorite, icon. my favorite Sally look though is the first, not the second one, but the first New Year's. Where the she's purple wearing, dress. It's I, I couldn't tell if it was really dark purple or black because I've got like glare oh. on my screen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it purple? Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was black. The like, off the shoulder. It's off the shoulder. Asymmetrical hem, mm. like ruffles on one side, long sleeves. Yes. Um, and she's the kitten heels. It looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. She looks like 1982 Barbie. Yes. It's great. But in a, in a good way. Like, I think, I, I think it would look good, good now. Way. Like, I would I would buy that right now. Yeah. 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 I concur. I had to think about it for a second, but I concur. I want to be Sally Albright is what I'm saying. Like, I want the hair. <laughs> I want the dress. Just no, go into actually, a random journalism job. She's actually kind of, she's actually kind of annoying. Um, yeah. But, like, she has some solid points at times. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what other things did I say? I did say that um, only Meg Ryan could rock, rock those shorts when she is, a um, like, a 20-something when they're driving from Chicago. Oh, the, long, the long ones? The, like, only they, Meg Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else, you would look like, you know, a camp counselor. But... On her, it's just like fashion. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no debate about whether or not Meg Ryan is hot in this movie. Meg exactly. Ryan is She's is gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. I said white old people romance is cute. Oh, by the way, all of those oh, the scenes interjections. Yeah, it's so um, cute. They're actors. I thought they were yeah. Really cute. 
I think they're like, I think they're that real they're based yeah they're based on real they interviewed people and then had actors perform them yeah. yeah so there's this movie is in let's see I wrote it down there are six parts to the movie and in between each of those sections are is an interview with an old couple explaining how they got together how they met how they yeah how they met basically yeah um and the last one is is Harry and Sally talking about how they met um yeah and then it took them 12 years and 12 years yeah it's adorable um so yeah uh there's a couple of things oh yes okay so one thing i wanted to talk about yes i had never i've seen this movie many many times and i don't remember at least it's been a few years since i've seen it most recently and one okay. thing that I think I noticed for the first time here, and maybe this is not true, maybe everybody notices this, and I just never did, is that when they first start to be friends, they're talking about their mutual breakups. He apologizes for being an asshole. And he says, what's the statute of limitations on an apology? She says, 10 years. And he goes, well, I think I, I can get it in under the wire. And she smiles at him there. And then she goes, do you want to get dinner with me sometime? And he goes, are we being friends now? And she, th- I mean, and she says, I guess, I guess we are. But yeah. I think she's asking him out. I, I thought that the first time that she said it and I was like, ooh, that's, that's the, every girl's been there. Yeah. I'm like, you ask out that cute guy that you've got a crush on and he goes, yeah, let's totally hang out. Like, like bros. Yeah. Um, and just crushing absolutely crushing because then you're friend zoned because that's what it is i mean and she looks at him because she looks at him like yeah i never oh i had never noticed that before and this time i definitely i definitely think that's that's at least that's how i'm reading it and that's how i choose to read this because with 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 my my take on the end as well i think that that ties into it well because the thing about this is both of them are on this rebound right yeah and at first she thinks that she's okay throughout most of the movie she's like recovering well from her breakup with this guy and they were together for five years or so lived together Mm -hmm. broke up she he didn't want kids she wanted kids she thought that that was okay that she could you know be with this guy and not get married and live together and not have kids and she see what uh, she's she's playing um, I Spy with a kid with I don't I watched yeah, this she, yesterday how do I not remember um, <laughs> she says I played I Spy with my like nephew yeah um, yeah yeah and he sees a family and he and he sees this this man and and woman and a and a baby and the kid says I spy a family and she bursts into tears yeah same girl same. Um, Totally relatable. And that's when she knew, like she, and, and she, like, she wants, she wants that. And so she breaks up, yeah. they, the guy and her, they break up and, and she moves out and, or he moves out rather, cause she gets the apartment. And like, props um, to her for like taking the initiative. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there it's good that they broke up obviously. Yeah. But Harry and his wife, like she was cheating on him. Um, yeah. and they have, he is in a terrible place for most of the movie and as you said is based on the you know i'm not saying penny marshall cheated on rob reiner but you know no but it was just the emotions from that from that divorce are following harry throughout this whole thing so i think that that is part of it when she 
says, because I think to me, okay, and this maybe this is just a me thing, but when you say, do you want to get dinner sometime? The word sometime there is doing the work to make me think that it's that she's asking him out on a date. Does that make sense yeah. to you? Is oh, that... totally. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 totally. And I mean, I'm sure that there's a million different ways that maybe the actor said that line or that the actor Meg Ryan said that line and yeah. performed that line. And maybe that's like a little secret. Next time we run into Meg Ryan, be like, Hey, when you said this line and when Harry met Sally, did you yeah. mean it in this way? When I'm but in spin does... class next week, I'll, I'll ask her. Yeah. Like, Oh, hi, Meg Ryan. Um, but I mean, like putting that, it, using that as a lens, it really actually does color sort of like that first new year scene in a different light, which like mm-hmm. you kind of see, but it, like, it makes it a little bit heavier. Um, yeah. and also the reason why she's so mad at him, um, after they have sex. Um, cause I always did think that she was just like too, she was too like snugly, snugly, you know, after they had sex and, well, yeah, well, yeah, so they have sex, I guess. Yeah. We can talk about that that scene now. Um, yeah, we don't we don't need to go in order. We can jump all over the place. It doesn't yeah. matter. Spoiler. They have um, sex. So what happens is he is, throughout the movie, like, devastated. He runs into his ex-wife and her new boyfriend. He has a breakdown. They, you know, they have a fight. They She helps him with it. Like, that's, I think, an important scene. And then she calls him and says... Can you come over? He's getting married. Her ex, Joe, who she has said that she's over and has not shown like a lot, even though she's dated some guys, but hasn't slept with any of them. And Harry has slept with a lot of girls, but not dated any of them. So they're, they're dealing with these breakups in opposite ways throughout this. She says, come over. He's, you know, she's crying. It's the first time she's cried in the movie also. Like she talks about like, like, you know, she's not, she doesn't cry. You know, she's, um, you know, she, uh, after the breakup, like she's, she's kind of bottled. Is and... this where the holiday got it? Oh, maybe. I mean, everybody gets everything from, from, from Nora Ephron, don't they? Like all the, the rom-coms. I mean. Um, it's not made a big deal of. It's not, it's not, they don't yeah. draw an underline under it like they do in the holiday, where it's like, she, she never cries. But he tells her like, you know, you're not feeling your emotions. Like in that, in that, in that fight about the wagon wheel on the street. Which, yeah. real quick, the wagon wheel coffee table, um, horrible coffee table. I mean, horrible coffee table, but I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> In so the context of their decorations, I was like, oh, well, that fits. That, like, totally fits. Okay. Just keep I, it. I think the coffee table, it's a wagon wheel coffee table. So, Carrie Fisher and um, Bruno Kirby. I almost said Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Not Bruno Mars. <laughs> Bruno Kirby are Harry's friend and Sally's friend who they try to set up with each other. She's trying to hook Carrie Fisher up with Harry. He's trying to hook Bruno Kirby up with Sally. They go on a double date, but then they end up together. Yeah. For comedy reasons. They really hit it off. Yeah. (laughs) But um, they get into this big argument of this wagon wheel table. um, And Caitlin goes, I think the wagon wheel table is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, Caitlin, no. And she goes... It's a wheel. It used to be a wheel, and now it's a table. What's not to like? <laughs> it's repurposed. Like, it's ugly as shit. Caitlin, what are you talking about? 
I mean, I think my biggest concern was that they weren't going to have a coffee table anymore. It's like, I where mean, are they going to get another stuff? coffee table? Like, mm, but not a conversation piece like the wagon wheel. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I'm so, I'm clearly in the minority on the wagon wheel coffee table. I'm so sorry. I bet these days you could get a wagon wheel coffee table from Restoration Hardware for like $5,000. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. So you're not a Harry or a Sally. You're a, uh, a Bruno Kirby. Uh, you're a Jess. <laughs> Nice to know we found you. Yeah. 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 He, um, did, he said some solid points. <laughs> um, we know almost nothing about that character. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I yeah. So say, um, in the first like scene that we meet, uh, Jess, Bruno. Yeah. Jess. Is um, name, yeah. I, my note is beard on man equals sad mustache on man equals dad. Oh my god, so true. So true, because they're sitting side by side, and Harry is obviously depressed, and he's got a beard, and they're watching. He's got a terrible beard. That beard does not look good. It's like, but I think it's not filled in on the cheeks. It's like almost like a chin strap with like extra stuff. It's awful. It's just sad beard. And his friend has a mustache, which you know was of the time. I can attest. My dad had a mustache. I think until like nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. Um, but it was just like obviously like looking at the two of them sad dad yeah yeah <laughs> that makes sense point oh, i get it yeah um <laughs> you made a woman meow oh no yeah context, that was that conversation yeah i'm and that was the first time that i was like he didn't lies <laughs> lies I don't know. If he's wearing the white sweater, I could probably be out for it. We'll see. I mean, unless it's just like... The look of disgust on Emma's face right there. (laughs) I mean, what person just like willingly is just like, oh, yes, meow. Oh, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's more like like a a meow from the soul. Like a meow de coeur, you know? Like a... a, All I'm envisioning is like a gutter like... (laughs) Yeah. I know something in there, some somewhere in a it's somewhere like, no, in a no, no emotional, no way would I ever meow unless it was a jokey manner or I was talking yeah. to my cat. No, no, it's it's an insane thing to say. Yeah, um, Harry Harry talks up his his dick game a lot in this movie. Yeah. Honestly, like, um, right? but hold on, hold on, hold She's on. Like, we, yeah, all the girls I've been with have come. Yeah, well. Now we're on. Okay, we gotta. T- we can talk about that scene, the most famous yeah. scene from the movie. But let's finish oh, yeah. the scene where they actually do have sex. Yes. She's crying. He's 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 actually helping her. You know, he is. He's comforting her as a he's as a friend, a friend would. He's he's not hitting on her. Yeah. And this, like, and what I think is a you know pretty pretty realistic you know scene of 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 him comforting her and then them you know, ending up like finding like solace in each other, you know, she does ask him to stay. She does ask him not to, to, she does ask him to hold her and then they start kissing and then they have sex and it ruins everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because throughout, like he's talked about how when he sleeps with a woman, he, after they have sex, he immediately starts thinking about how quickly he can get home. He tells her he lies to these women and says that he's got like an early racquetball game, though he doesn't play racquetball or he's got a meeting that isn't real and he has to get out the door. 
But he does stay the night. To be fair, he doesn't do that to her. He doesn't, he doesn't lie to her. Yeah. But they can both feel the uncomfortableness. They can both feel the awkwardness in the room. And he does leave as soon as possible. Yeah. But I think that like, she falls asleep with this like grin on her face and she's so happy. And it's not until she recognizes his embarrassment and his awkwardness that then it's ruined. Well, it crushes her when he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would to me too. Of course it would. Yeah. Um, Uh, The, uh, the, the, and then they have this, they, 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 there's this great scene where both of them, he goes, he's not, he looks like he's in a restaurant on a payphone. doesn't matter. But he calls Jess and she calls Carrie Fisher, who presumably has a name. Um, who are living who are, are living together at this point and they're in the bed together and they do this 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 triple split screen where Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby are in bed together. Marie, Sally's on her one name's side. Marie. Marie, yes. Marie and Jess are in bed together and Sally's on one side and Harry's on the other. Sally calls Marie. Harry calls Jess. Jess and Marie have two separate landlines in their apartment on their <laughs> bedside tables, that. which is who amazing. Does that? People in two, the 80s, presumably. They had two like, different They didn't have cell numbers. phones. Yeah, they must have. Um, Absolutely insane. I do have a fun fact that I found out about that scene. Um, So be prepared to learn. Uh, So Always. in that... <laughs> In that split scene, scene, um, it took the four actors 61 times to get the perfect take. To pull off the synchronized act, the crew used three cameras and filmed the actors in real time on separate sets that were all connected separate by a real sets. telephone line to get the timing just right. It that's was on a real telephone line. That rules. That's in- it's... I mean, that's really cool. The timing insane. is great, and it's so funny. The scene is, yeah. it, it works really, really well. Like, they're all talking over each other, and they're saying the same thing at the same time. It's it's yeah. great. It is a really, yeah. it's one of the best scenes in the movie, yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things that, like, I think why Rob Reiner was such a great director, especially at the time. Um, yeah. Like, oh, we haven't talked about Rob Reiner yet. Um, let's talk about the orgasms. No, Rob Reiner's still alive. Oh, oh my God. I mean, his career is dead. He's but, Jessica you know. Day's dad. He is Jessica Girl. Day's dad on New Girl, yeah. Um. <laughs> um, but let's talk about the orgasm scene first, or the fake orgasm scene first. Do you know the, the most fun famous fact about scene that scene? Because I've got about, a fun fact about, is I have it about, another fun fact. Is it Rob Reiner's mom? No. Oh, what's the yeah. fun fact about that scene? No, it's, it's Rob Reiner's mom. Oh yeah, yeah. She's the one that says the uh, "I'll have what she's having" line. So, and the, there's another thing. Like, there's several things in this movie, and this is one of them that I think about. Like, are such touchstones of rom coms, especially in the '90s, and like the way we thought about like hetero relationships up until Sex in the City, probably, and even beyond. Like, Sex in the City, I think, owes a lot to like the conversations in this, because I I don't know. And I don't know oh, totally. enough about the history and I don't know enough about like living in the eighties um, <laughs> to, to know, like, were people talking about like women faking orgasms? Were people talking about like high maintenance and low maintenance? Were these all new concepts I when this movie were. came out? I, I think they I, were too. I, I They're definitely they presented were. as such. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it wasn't until like the late seventies that they started really talking about sex and film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and definitely not from a woman's POV for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think that that they were like really new, you know, ideas that weren't really talked about. Because like, can you name another rom com of this era that sort of tackled this, or something that came before this movie that sort of like had the same sort of themes? No, I can't. Yeah, absolutely I mean, not. Yeah, what, I've I've never seen Working Girl, but <laughs> I would assume. Working oh, Girl. Working Girl, Working Girl. Maybe. Um, I mean, Working Girl's pretty good. Working Girl's good. Um. Yeah. I don't remember. I it, it you know it doesn't left an impression on me the way this movie yeah. did for sure. Yeah. The um okay so the scene if you know anything about this movie and haven't seen it you probably know about this scene. They're in Katz's Delicatessen first of all classic New Katz's York Deli. landmark. Katz's never closes. Have you been there? Uh, not the one in New York City. I've been to the oh. Katz's Deli in Houston, Texas. Oh, and I didn't know there my, was one in Houston, Texas. Yep, there's one in down, or there was one in downtown Houston. And my friends and I. That's in interesting college, because in New York, it's on Houston Street. Oh my! Which um, is spelled Houston, spirit, like obviously. Houston, and tourists oh call my. it Houston, but it's pronounced Houston. That's yeah. so funny. Okay, now that I've um, said that, I'm not 100 percent sure that's correct. I'm pretty sure it's on Houston. Let I me mean, see. that would explain why there's a castle because it's the most random thing ever. Um, but it was right down the street, or it is right down the street. I don't know if it's still around. Uh, mm-hmm. from this 18 and up nightclub, like alt pop pump uh-huh. pop pump, it is on houston street like, i was right yeah oh really yeah That's so funny i wonder if it's on new york city street in houston <laughs> i hope so anyways my friends and i would go there we would go to this um this club called numbers and <laughs> numbers yeah and they had like 80s nights and it was like goth 80s nights so it was like a lot of the cure a lot of like, yeah. new order and stuff yeah. um <laughs> And then we would go to Katz's. Katz's delicatessen. It never closes because it was open. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So was it was it like this? Was it was it like a, a yeah. deli counter with extremely oh. expensive sandwiches? Oh no, it was a sit down restaurant. Okay, I mean, the, no, you could sit down. There there is table service yeah. at Katz's, but it's but most of it is you have to order at the counter. And like I remember going there, like, and I I ate meat at the time when I lived in New York. Um, you get like a pastrami sandwich. It'd be it was like. $36 or something but it was but it was huge it was bigger than than you could eat it was like three meals probably and it was like pastrami sliced like that thick and stuff it was it was great I really liked I liked it you know it was fun I mean I yeah. went there because of the movie obviously yeah and there's a big the there's a, no I didn't there's a sign uh, that hangs from the ceiling that says um this is or order what she's having or something. It's like, yeah, this is where yeah, she sat yeah. or something like that. And people go there, but it is before the movie, it was a New York landmark. It's been in business since like the 1920s or something. Um, so, uh, so that's fun. Yeah. So obviously there are cats as delicatessen and they're talking about, he's talking about the women that he sleeps with. And he says that they have a good time. And she, you know, suggests yeah, the fact that maybe they're faking. 80s. Yeah. That they're faking their orgasms. And he acts like he's never heard of this before. And so she fakes an orgasm in the restaurant very loudly and everyone looks at her, which queen shit behavior, you know, like, (laughs) I think that's, I mean, it's one of the key parts of Sally's character. I mean, like, because previously, like, you know, 10 years ago, like she does have this like kind of naive, like she, like specifically like the big, the big difference between Sally in the first scene and Sally later is that they have a conversation about Casablanca where she thinks that he, she would rather be with Victor Laszlo than Rick with yeah. Paul Henry. Paul Henry? Who plays Victor Laszlo in Casablanca? Doesn't matter. I couldn't tell you. 90% of the people listening to this 
don't know. Um, <laughs> so now you're gonna say you've never seen Casablanca. No, no, no. I mean that could be true. Wow. Um, and they have this conversation, and then ten years later they talk about it. He says you wanted to be with Victor Laszlo in Casablanca. She's like, I never would have said that. You know. Yeah. So we yeah, we yeah, get yeah. that. You know that that. You know she's had more experience in this and has changed her mind about the Casablanca. You know. Yeah. Situation. And I mean, like. You could definitely also tell because, like, in the first scene when they're at that first diner, oh, it's a diner to diner. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mind blown. Diner to diner. You can see the character transition. Yeah. Um, and in the first diner, like, she is a little sheepish when she's talking about her. Um, <laughs> a little bit when she says, well, you're going with Suzanne or whatever her name is. Yeah. You're going with her. You can't. Yeah hit on me and then she talks about how this guy left her because of her days of the week underpants and i think even just the idea of her saying like underpants um and she goes she he he thought she he she was cheating on him because there was no because she never wore the sunday underpants as she called them and she goes one of my favorite things is uh lines in this movie is uh she goes but they don't make sunday and he goes well why not and she goes because of god Which I did put a note in my notes about God would want you to wear underpants. Yeah. God. I don't think that was the implication. I don't think the implication (laughs) is that God wanted an upskirt on Sundays. (laughs) I think the implication. I'm just saying, God would want you to wear underpants. Sure. So, like, that whole concept's stupid. (laughs) But it is. I mean, you're right. You're right. It is a very, it's it's a very innocent conversation about i mean they're talking about sex in both places because you know oh my god even more parallels yeah he says that you know well if you say that then it means must you mean you've never had good sex and she says well i've had good sex and then 10 years later they're in cast as a contestant and she's faking an orgasm you know, mm-hmm. so it is like a, it's, yeah, that's a good She's growth. That's real growth a, right there. What a good movie. Right? Um, I mean, also the thing is like growth vibes. There are not a lot of rom-coms that show you a relationship over the course of 12 years. That is something that is very specific to this. And there are a couple of them, but most of the rom-coms we talk about this are not going to have this amount of like the depth of character growth that this movie, this yeah. movie has. Because both of them do change. And then he, you know, softens and becomes you know, much, much less of an, of an asshole that as he yeah, is in that first scene, because asshole. he's so, he's so sure of himself. And, you know, the thing that makes her like him and the thing, in my opinion, when she like asks him out, he apologizes. That's the thing that he does, you know, that, yeah. that makes her, you know, when she smiles like that, like I said, yeah. um, <laughs> let's talk about oh, Rob Reiner. Cause Rob, Rob Reiner is super yes. interesting. Um, some might Rob- say he's the third character in this movie. <sighs> You know, I think the third character in this movie is Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. I have so many thoughts on that. I, when this movie first started, I wrote down, I love hotel lobby music. And then I wrote Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. And I, mean, I also love that he gets a billing for it. I think this a, is what got him his first Grammy. A title card. He gets his, he gets a solo card. Did it's, people know who he was? Barely. Because it says music composed by Mark Shaman, also, first of all. Yeah. And then special music uh, orchestrations arranged and performed by Harry Connick Jr. Um, And yeah, his first, I think his first album was out, but this definitely made him like super famous. He was, I think he was like 20 years old. Jesus. When he did this. Yeah. Oh my God. Maybe even younger. Because it was probably shot in 88, maybe. So yeah, he might have been like 19. 
like a little baby. I have a yeah. fun Harry Connick Jr. story. Well, it's not really like that long of a story, but um, so when I lived in Connecticut, uh, Harry Connick Jr. went to my church and um, went because he, he lived in the same town that I lived in. And, Damn. Uh, yeah, it was a nice town. And um, <laughs> Humble bag. Humble, well, Harry Connick Jr. went to my church. He didn't live in Narlands? thought he lived in Nal. I didn't get that right. He didn't live in Narlands? Narlands? This was like 2000. So he lived in, yeah, I want to say it was like 2000, 2001. Okay. He was, it was prime Harry Connick Jr. time. And like all the moms, I was in the church choir and all the moms were like so excited. They were like melting. I was like, who's Harry Connick Jr.? They're like, do you know who Harry Connick Jr. was? Superstar. He's like, do you know who Frank Sinatra is? He's like, yeah. He's like, today's frank sinatra and i was but like much hotter than frank sinatra was much hotter totally um and so i had no idea what this guy looked like but i'm like scanning the congregation to see harry connick jr and it was also happened that uh i had a solo and uh, i i had a solo and it was my first solo in the choir and i was so nervous because harry connick jr was there and i was so convinced that if he heard my angelical voice. He would be like, that girl, get her in the pictures. Get her in the pictures. And I, I so messed you, up my solo. You messed up. No. It was I'm just not. like, it wasn't necessarily super messed up. It was just like, hey, you mm. You know, like. I don't know. I it sounds like, pretty. It was very, very soft and very, like, no one could hear it. And I was oh. nervous. And um, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. thinks you're a bad singer. Harry Connick Jr. thinks I'm a bad singer. And this is my campaign to prove he, to him that I am not a bad singer. He still thinks that. He thinks about it sometimes. Oh, I'm sure he thinks about that memory as much as I think about that memory. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, great story, first of all. Oh, thank you. Um, I love Harry Connick Jr. Um, I guess my parents were I'm into him. More of him. a buble. Oh no, no, no! Mm, I'm more not. of a buble. I act. I um. I guess my parents were into him because they had like we had when I was a little kid. We had like Harry Connick Jr. CDs, and we had the When Harry Met Sally soundtrack. Um, which is all him like singing standards. Which is so weird because in the beginning I could have sworn that it was um. It is. Oh, I what's his it, name? Frank. I think it's Frank Sinatra, isn't it? No, 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 no. The like, um, the one, the guy that plays like the trumpet, Louis, Louis Armstrong? Armstrong. Yeah, it sounded like Louis Armstrong. Oh, maybe. I mean, I'm, he's probably on there. There are a lot of standards yeah. on the soundtrack. There are a couple of Harry Harry Connick Juniors though. Uh, in the New Year's scene when they're uh, yes. with the dress, there yes. it's um, I could write a book. That's Harry Connick Junior. And the closing credits are "It Had to Be You" by Harry Connick Junior. Even though oh. it had to be you, they do play "It Had to Be You" in the movie. That's Frank Sinatra. But okay. at the closing credits, the faster one it, with the pian- this, the piano, that's Harry Connick Jr. Well, I'm pretty sure that the opening song or like one of the first two songs is Louis Armstrong. Is Louis Armstrong? Probably. I don't remember. Yeah. There, there are like, several mm-hmm. other, yeah. Like yeah. class. It's all, all the, all the songs are like standards from the 40s and 50s. It's all very classic. Like that. It's very Nora Ephron. It's very New York. It's very romantic. Yeah. It New rules. York City. <laughs> there's so many third characters carrie fisher's the third character there's no (laughs) fourth character new york city there's only three characters and the third character is rob reiner nora efron new york city bruno kirby and carrie fisher (laughs) 
Some also might say that Wagon Wheel... The Wagon um, Wheel coffee table. Coffee yeah. table is the third character. Mm-hmm. Um, Autumn. Autumn is... The, Autumn. Casablanca. Autumn. Christmas. Uh, Christmas. <laughs> uh, way off topic. So Rob Reiner Rob had a Reiner. very interesting career. Um, I guess technically he's still making movies. But like his his first movie, listen to this, like his run is, I think I'm going to, I can do this out of the top of my head. Spinal Tap. Absolute banger. First movie was Spinal Tap. What? Then he, he hits us with, um, okay, I can't do this off the top of my head. Spinal, Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Um, The Sure Thing with John Cusack, which I haven't seen, but I understand is good. Okay. Um, The Princess Bride. Classic love. When Harry met Sally. Wait, that was Rob Reiner? Big time. Misery. What? Yeah. Um, and oh, there's another one. There's another really good. Oh, a few good men. And there's another one. There's seven, I think. He makes seven like classic movies in a row and then just makes garbage for the rest of his career. It's like he has this uninterrupted run of bangers and then (laughs) just trash from like 1994 because then he makes north with elijah wood one of the worst movies ever made and never recovers just would you say north is one of the worst movies ever made i mean it's considered okay listen i have never seen north it is widely considered to be one of the worst movies ever made Mm. it is about elijah wood divorces his parents and then, like, goes around the world finding that? other parents. I believe that's I what it's about. He's just on a journey. No, he's looking for other parents. And there's like a bunch of cameos of celebrities being like weird parents that he meets. And like Roger Ebert said, it's like the worst thing he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner's basically basically never made another good movie since. Like, it's just he's made like I don't know ten movies since then, and all of them are just trash. There's a there's a couple of rom coms in there actually, um, but I haven't seen them because I understand that they're terrible. But I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen them. Maybe we'll, we'll watch just one. for you, audience. We'll watch at least one of those terrible movies. Yes, we will watch a terrible Rob Reiner directed uh, movie. But yeah, I mean, Spinal Tap, The Princess Bride, and When Harry Met Sally are in my top twenty movies. I, I, top maybe Absolutely. top like ten. Just- like iconic iconic yeah 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 god whatever he was drinking i'll have what he's drinking <laughs> bring it full circle. hell yeah hell yeah that's that uh improv training all right oh no don't don't break out the improv training already <laughs> zip zip zap no, don't zip zap stop me. Um, okay, all right. What else have I got? Okay, yeah, yeah. So then, like, I was trying to track like how much time is passing here, and one of the things. Oh yeah, I got really like, murky. There's, there's almost no. I think I've, I, I pretty much tracked it. Um, oh because okay. It's, but like, uh, on your first viewing, it's a little bit hard. To oh no, 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 no. This is like, like I've seen this movie like really ten fast. times probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was taking yeah. notes and watching really intently. Um, so, uh, they become like really good. They don't have a lot of friends, neither. There's, there's really only four characters in this movie. Harry, Sally, Jess, and Marie, the two that's friendship in your thirties, right? Like you don't have a whole bunch. You just have like a close knit group of. Yeah. Oh, cause there there is another friend 
There's another friend in that scene on Tavern in the Green with Carrie Fisher yeah. who never appears again. Yeah. Maybe she died. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe she died and they just didn't they didn't go to her funeral or anything. Like she died and they just never talked about her again. Maybe they couldn't make it because they were too busy with work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what kind of political consulting is he doing? Like, is he on the right exactly. side of things politically? Like, what if he's I a... did think that at one point I was just like, do we know what politics? What if he got Giuliani elected? You know, what if he's like, what if he's one of the bad ones? What if he's working yeah. for, for the Reagan we don't administration? Know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And what, what sort of journalism is she doing? Yeah. I mean, here's so like I did look up so like on the blind date when there when she meets Bruno Kirby's thing for the Bruno Kirby's thing when she meets Bruno Kirby for the first time his whole thing is he's talking about this guy whose name I already forgot but I did write it down um, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Breslin he's talking about Jimmy Breslin and so I looked up Jimmy Breslin and he wrote a column for the New York Daily News. Mm which is like the third newspaper in New York. Oh, so it's okay. so you've got in New York you got the New York Times and you got the New York Post which is a tabloid and then you've got the New York Daily News which is like a little bit worse than that. Can you um, tell Katie's lived in New York? Oh god. Well I mean like <laughs> don't make me the be like the third character of our movie is that I used to live in New York. Yeah. Um, it's uh I'm, i promise i won't bring it up in it's just this movie has a lot to do with new york you know it's um it's like if you, those people that went to harvard no oh no. when i lived in new york let me tell you i lived in new york like for three years like a decade ago so and i like chicago much more they say new york never leaves you <sighs> i couldn't afford it it sucks it smells Nobody like you can afford it they don't, they don't have alleys, so they just hack the garbage in the street. Um, not the point. So Jimmy Breslin, he wrote for the New York Daily News, and he apparently was pretty sexist and racist. And my guess is that Nora Ephron, this is a call out, because she, oh, like, nice. Sally's like, I just don't like Jimmy Breslin. Yeah. And he's like, well, he's the reason I became a writer. Well, whatever. It's kind of a dick. Yeah. I don't see oh, what. But then Carrie Fisher makes that, like, quote, and she's just like. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I wrote that quote, down, I too. never quote magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, um, restaurants are to people in the 80s is what theater was to people in the 60s. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it's just sort of a like broad generalization of activities that the working people of that decade enjoy doing. Yeah, but like so, that's not that that's not a quotable. That's not a bon mo. You know, that's not something you you crack out at parties. Like also, also it's the eighties. It's like the second golden age of Broadway. Yeah, you get all of your Andrew Lloyd Webbers. You get you know. Honestly, I'm other surprised. Stuff. I'm surprised they don't go see Phantom of the Opera or something. Like, I mean, yes. maybe they just didn't want to pay the the rights. Yeah, you know, prob- they probably spent all of their budget on Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. They're like, we gotta have this guy. They're shooting those shooting those scenes in Central Park where they're walking alone. <laughs> Nobody no, you else cannot enter this. Yeah. This is a closed set. We need all this space for Meg Ryan's God. cute hat. <laughs> Can you imagine at what hour? Number one. Well, I mean, so there's, there's daylight, so like it's gotta yeah. be like. I mean, they, they yeah they must have just closed it off. Um, God, that would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Any other? Any other thing you um, want to hit before um, we... I, 
Um, I did say by the end I was pretty tipsy and very much enjoying the movie. Um, but I said, this is the perfect, I thought that I had this like big realization about when Harry met Sally, but then I was looking at my notes before we started recording and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Anyways, um, I said, this movie is the perfect rom-com because Guy realizes on his own to go and get your girl. Yeah. Nobody has to convince him. Um, yeah. Which is that's the title of our pl- of our of our play. It's the title yeah. of our podcast. Uh, Go get your girl. Um, get your girl. In, in many rom coms, at some point, usually the best friend of one of the characters will have a little speech to the protagonist. Not always. It's not always go get your girl. Sometimes it's go get your guy. But frequently, yeah. frequently it's the man. Yeah, um, it has to be forced into. A I mean, sometimes sometimes they're both women. Sometimes it's a lesbian rom com. In which case, both yeah. of them have to go get their girl. I'm sure we'll get there. It's the, 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 the character like gives a speech to the, uh, to the, the, one of the protagonists, go get your girl, like stop being, stop being an asshole and go get her. And then the character runs usually to the airport and delivers a second speech, uh, about why that you you should, you should be with them. Um, but in this movie, we don't have one. What a perfect example. A movie that doesn't a movie that doesn't have one to be our first episode of this podcast. He he sort of has like an internal one, which I appreciated. I I, he just sort of is walking around and Harry Connick Jr. is singing sadly. And um then we suddenly have a voiceover where we never had one throughout the entire movie before. It's kind of jarring. Yeah. And he realizes. Although I also do want to point out that when he is having this walk on New Year's Eve. In New York, mm-hmm. which is cold and snowy, and people are wearing gloves and coats, and they're downtown he, also. And, Where yeah. do they live exactly? Uh, because I'm he appears to live West downtown. Side? Because he's yeah, but he's downtown. He leaves his apartment and is at Washington Square Park because that's where they dropped each other. That's where oh, um, yeah. he dropped her off, or she dropped just, him off. That's where she dropped him off at the beginning because that spark that star- sparks the. Um, the the flashbacks and we have those that cute little oh. moment where he's playing it had to be you and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. all of the the scenes between the two of them and he's thinking about it and then he runs to the party so the yeah. party has got to be like at least somewhere close to NYU yeah. you know cause... I was gonna say do we think that Harry just lives in the dorm at NYU it's <laughs> fucking creepy man um he's a creepy guy in the beginning <laughs> so he appears to live in the village yeah. i would say would be my yeah. guess he appears to yeah, live yeah, in the yeah. village and we don't i mean sally could live you know god knows where but i mean um, if it's Nora Ephron. i mean where does kathleen kelly live i assume it's the same brownstone that yeah. they filmed both of these at yeah. um but anyways so as he's walking having that realization in the insane downtown spot he passes by a guy who is eating an ice cream cone. I did not an notice that. ice cream cone. I was like, what the? On New Year's who? Eve in New York City, yeah. That is a psychotic person right there. I mean, it's like the people in Chicago who are like wearing shorts in February when it's negative 20 degrees, you know? I mean, I guess. And I guess like New Year, New You, but like... <laughs> You eat all his ice cream uh, <laughs> on December 31st and then no ice cream after that. Yeah, no ice cream. So he's trying to get in his ice cream. Or maybe, you know, he's not that big into the holiday. He's just like, the way I celebrate is by eating ice cream. Yeah. Um, But it was is outside. It like, it's a cone? It's an ice cream? It's like a soft serve? It's like an ice cream. I want to say it's an ice cream cone. Maybe it's an ice cream sandwich. But like, it's an ice cream Is it a novelty dessert. ice cream? Is it a drumstick? It's a novelty. Is it a choco taco? 
I think it's a drumstick. I'm really? I'm 85% okay. sure it's a drumstick. And right. I remember blatantly being like, who the hell? Why are we not stopping from going and getting his girl to be like, are you okay? It does man? seem like something Harry would do. Because one thing that Harry loves is a bit. And exactly. listen, as someone who appreciates bits, and so do you, by the way. <laughs> love a bit. There's a lot of this that seems like Billy Crystal's dropped a little bit of his stand-up routine into the middle of the movie, which is, listen, there's some great dialogue and there's some really, really funny scenes in this movie. Like one thing that I think a rom-com has to have is comedy. There are a lot of, there are a lot of rom-coms, especially from the like mid 2000s that seem to forget that rom-coms need to be funny. They replace the comedy with, um, chicks in low-rise jeans yeah gross, gross out stuff yeah, yeah yeah a lot of it is has been replaced yeah. by that yeah but this movie is 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 pretty funny there's lots of little bits of his of his where he's just randomly making observations yeah and um, those are all he's improvised. got a little he's got a little seinfeld bit he's dropping yeah. into the movie and to be yeah. fair like they're pretty cute most of them yeah. but it is it is one of the um one of the, the things that have that, it, that has aged um yeah. The well, and in this did film, you know yeah. that Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal were like BFFs? Yes, yes. Um, Which is why yeah. they cast a forty-one-year-old to play him, uh, opposite twenty-six-year-old Meg Ryan. Yeah, it was also the times. Um, <laughs> but I mean, they're supposed to be the same age. It's not supposed to. He's not supposed to be older than her. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like in the eighties, that was definitely a thing of like, yeah, the guys can just play 19 until yeah. they're 70 and girls 23. You're out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so like, okay, so let's get to the, the, the end. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, okay. Yes. So they, they sleep together, which we, we stated before. And, um, so my, my little connection back to the beginning part is that the whole thing here is, is that Harry isn't ready for a relationship and Sally is Sally when she has this breakdown and realizes that, you know, and she's, she's, she's sad because her, her ex is getting married and she has this thing where she's like, it's not that he didn't want to get married. It's that he didn't want to marry me, which is super devastating. And, um, and he's, you know, and then, and then they sleep together. And, you know, she, I think, in my theory of this, has always been into him. She, yeah. at that point, is ready for this relationship. But Harry he... is not, which is yeah. reasonable. Like, I don't think that, that he intended to, to, to sleep. He did, he did not mean, he did not go there to sleep with her that night. That was yeah. never his intention. He went there to actually be he, a friend. Yes, and, but when he's put in these sexual situations because of his breakup and because he's not ready for a relationship, he treats her like he's treated those other women that he slept with. And there's this great shot where she leaves to go get him water or something. And he's sitting there in the bed and his foot is on the floor. Yeah. Like he's not fully in the bed. He's got his right leg is on the ground instead Ugh. of in the bed with her. And like, there's so many little moments like that that yeah. just visually illustrate these things without having to, 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 to explain it to you, which is so refreshing because so many movies, especially these like, like Netflix, move, uh, like rom-coms and stuff, like <laughs> tend to get in the weeds over explaining these things yeah. to us. And I really love the subtlety of that. Yeah. You can show us. There's also, oh my God, there's another great shot where they're, they're watching Casablanca 
This is oh, so, the split screen. It's so, it's so romantic. Um, it's so cute. She calls him and he's like, what are you, mm-hmm. no, he calls her and he, she's yeah. like, what are you doing? She's like watching Casablanca. And uh, he says, he what, goes, channel? what channel? And they're sitting there on the phone with each other, watching the same movie on TV together and just talking about the movie and everything. And the scene is on and then it shifts to the two of them in bed. Split, the screen is split in a way to where it looks like they're in bed together. Like the seams of their bed match up perfectly. Like yeah. this, the, the, there's not a lot. The line is is seamless. Um, yeah. There's not like a black line in between them. And they both hang up. She like gets her stuff off her bed, her like book and everything. And she puts it off. And then kind of, it's and this shot just lingers on them. And yeah. he's pretending he's like, he's moaning because he, you know, misses his ex-wife. Yeah. And she's like, eh, eh. and she puts her stuff away. She turns out the light and her screen goes black. And we just stay on him for like, it seems like it's like a minute long as yeah. he just, he moans and he moans and he's alone. And then it really slowly fades out. And I just, I love that. I love that, that yeah. he, you know, he needs somebody and he's, you know, he's replaced part of this relationship with her. And sexually he's getting this need, these needs from all these random women. And then yeah. when he tries to put those two things together, he just, he, he hurts her because he's yeah. not, he's not ready for it. And it takes several months of the classic act three rom-com montage where every rom-com has this. It's usually the worst part of the rom-com. This one is, <laughs> this one is so cute and funny. I, I don't mind yeah. it, but like the, the bit where they're apart because Bruno Kirby and Carrie Fisher get married and they see each other at the wedding and it's a whole thing. And they're, yeah, you know, they're, they're mad at each other. And, um, and, and she's, I mean, they're both mad at Harry, honestly, like she's mad at Harry and Harry's mad at Harry because yeah. he's an asshole, but you do feel bad for him. Like there's a lot of male protagonist assholes in rom-coms. And I think that, you know, you have to make them, because you have to have conflict, but you have to make them sympathetic yeah. too. And I think he's one of the more sympathetic ones. Because oh, for sure. He he kind of understands, you know. Mm-hmm. He knows that that what he that, that what he did was bad. Yeah. And it over those course of those of those months, and especially like when he sees what his life is like without her, he finally gets to the point where he is ready for a relationship. Yeah. And it's not it's not the sex that that ruined their friendship. It's the fact that she was ready to be in a relationship and he wasn't and him getting to that point is his growth at the in the in those 4 months that happens in between when they have sex and New Year's that night where he Harry. where he runs across this the the street and gives one of the best uh speeches in rom-com history. Where he is says, that the original "Go and Get Your Girl" speech? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to watch more. We'll have to watch yeah, more we'll older rom coms to find I'm, out. Yeah. I'm curious if it, it's the first time, and that's sort of where the trope came from. Because from then yeah. on, you get people being like, "Wait, I have to tell you how I feel." Yeah, yeah, and he does, and he says, you know, one the thing that he says, the the you know the oft quoted line in this movie, the thing that you know, makes me cry every time I watch it is, you know, he gives all this list of all the annoying things that she does that he loves about her. Like, I love that you, you know, it takes you 20 minutes to order a sandwich and I, you know, love the crinkle in your eye, like you said. And he says that, you know, and I didn't come here because I'm lonely and I didn't come here because it's New Year's Eve. I came here because when you know 
who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible, which is so sweet and so beautiful and like a really good point on, you know, don't waste any minute. And when, when, you know, just like go for it. And then there, and then she says, you know, you, you make it impossible to hate you. Um, and I do hate you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I hate you, Harry. I hate you. And then he does a little bit. He does a little bit. Uh, where he's like, what is this song about? Like, Auld Lang Syne. Are these yeah. friends? Should we forget them? And she's like, you know, I think that it, it's not important. Anyway, it's about old friends. And I'm like, ah. I, I wrote in my notes in that moment, I said, way to ruin the moment, Harry. No, it works because she ties it back in because now she's doing yeah. his bits with him. Like, yeah. she's listening. Like, she never participates in the bit before now. Like, I mean, she does the, she does the popper, popper talk. Yeah. But like yeah, yeah. she she's listening to him like do his little thing, but now she's doing the bit with him and she's participating in it. Oh, um I love and that. then they just get out. The movie's yeah. over. They do the little <laughs> the little interview and they're like, We got married, blah, it took us twelve years. And then it's it had to be you. The end. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Beautiful. Ninety that minutes was gorgeous. Long. Yeah. Amazing, amazing recap. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that's the recap of the movie. Now we'll start the episode. And now we move on. No. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, my God. This would be the first and only episode of this podcast. Um, I'll probably have less to say on later episodes. I know I I may have dominated the conversation a little bit. That's okay. This is your favorite movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Top five favorite movie. And I think that I, you know, down the line, there's going to be movies that I am really passionate about and I cannot wait to discuss those. Um, but yeah, totally understandable. And I, I, you have a lot of insights into the movie that I didn't even think about. Like the, now I'm going to rewatch this movie in a whole new way. So thank you so much for providing your sort of knowledge and I just, I just noticed it this time. This yeah. is the first time I, I noticed that. Yeah. That's so sweet. So sad. But I mean, like, I guess not sad because they get together in the end. They do. Yeah. She nabs Billy Crystal. (laughs) Okay. Good good for you, I guess. It's actually such a coincidence because last night I'm forcing Charlie to watch all of the Scream movies. And um, last night we watched Scream 5, which has... Billy Crystal in it. Billy Crystal? No. Billy Crystal is Ghostface. Billy Crystal is Ghost. Can you imagine? Ah. He would never snap. You know it was him from the beginning. Yeah. Ah. I mean, what am I even doing here? Why am I stabbing you? What, what's going on here? What did you do to me? Why am I so offended? Um, That's my Billy Crystal. Excellent Billy uh, Crystal, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Uh, no, it has Meg Ryan's son in it. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Yeah. Uh, Meg Ryan and... Dennis Daniel, Quaid? Da- I said Dan- Daniel Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Quaid is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Quaig. Daniel Quaig. Uh, but yeah, he's in it. And I, I told Charlie, I, I said, <laughs> can you guess Meg Ryan's son? I don't think he ever guessed it because he looks more like his dad. But um, He does. Yeah, you can see it in yeah. him. Yeah. You really can, especially like when he's delivering some of the lines. And I was like, yeah, you're totally my Ryan's kid. Anyways, any final thoughts on when ha- Harry met Sally? I mean, all my thoughts were final, I think. Like, I... <laughs> monologued a lot in this one so that's okay well then let me pick another random quote from my tipsy notes that i um wrote oh man 
god. Uh, here we go. Women are better at controlling emotions, is what I wrote. Sure. That 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 was a hot a hot takeaway. I don't know if that's like conventional wisdom, but I can I can definitely well, see that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that I don't think that that I necessarily don't think that's like what this movie was about. <laughs> yeah. So our final thoughts are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's when Harry met Sally. Um, yeah. And join us next week for another rom com where we'll have other thoughts and other tipsy notes. Should we decide what the rom com is going to be now? Should we? Oh, should I we thought announce? we were just going in order. Oh, those are completely those. No, I don't. I mean, some of them. Oh, I, okay. We should just. Yeah. What do you want to do? Um. Is there like sort of? Oh, is let's do practical magic because we're getting into like. Oh yeah, yeah, October. Yeah. Um. Although it's yeah. going to be weeks later that we release these, but yeah, sure. Yeah, practical magic. Let's yeah. do it. I feel like that's the spookiest rom com that I can think of. Sure. Yeah. Let's do practical magic. All so right. join us next week for practical magic. Yeah. Um. Great. Yeah. Um. By the time this episode comes out, we will have an Instagram or something or some way to reach out to us. Yeah. So go visit our in insert our Instagram here. Hi, friends. Katie from the future here. Just wanted to let you know that that Instagram handle is Go Get Your Girl Pod. Uh, also, you can email us at Go Get Your Girl Pod at Gmail dot com. So thanks. Back to the past. Yeah, uh, you can reach me uh, at Twitter. Uh, I'm at Katie of the Lake. You can find me on all of the socials. I am on TikTok and I am on Instagram at Emily Pizza. Good night. We'll come up with a sign off <laughs> at some point, but go and get Bye. your girl. Yes, end recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>